Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. I am Titans Amy, Amy Wells, and Coach Mac is also here, of course. Mac, how you doing? We're doing great. I mean, how could I not be doing good? We're doing Titans Amy, Coach Mac podcast. There it is. There I it like is. that. Okay. Well, something I like that we are both doing is we are rolling through this series of names you need to know in the National Football League, and we've had some doozies. And I'm excited about today's guest as well because I think that this is an unassuming one that I immensely enjoyed our conversation. Dan Pompey, who is currently a writer for The Athletic, but has been in this business as a writer, reporter for over 40 years. And Mac, I know he's a great friend of yours. He's a good friend of mine. You know, I I, I first met Dan when uh, we were both, I mean, he was young in his job and I was young in my job as an assistant coach with the Chicago Bears. He was a a beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And uh, it was Dan Pompey with the Chicago Sun-Times and and then, you know, the uh, Fred Mitchell with the Chicago Tribune. Those guys that were covering the Bears during those years that were really the Camelot years of the Bears, I mean, they really made national names for themselves as the team was making a national name for itself. But they were also able to cover the Bears during a very, very unique time with Mike Ditka as the head coach, with that whole collection of the Super Bowl Shuffle Bears. And and it was a is a challenging job that they had at times. I say Fred Mitchell with the Chicago Tribune, Don Pearson with the Chicago Tribune, and Dan Pompey with the Sun Times. They were the main guys. And Dan was very young. He was the youngest one of all of them. The assistant coaches became very close with these guys because a lot of times there was so much going on and so much fanfare with those players and with and with Mike Ditka that the 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 reporters would also get very close with the assistant coaches because the assistant coaches, there was only eight of us, and we were very close to that team too. So, again, you developed a trust with those guys and the international flavor that the Bears had at that time and the interest in them was just immense. It made for some very, very interesting times as a reporter. And Dan Pompey was able to navigate those waters very, very easily. Became very close with a lot of those guys. They they learned to trust him. They trusted him very much. Then he went on in a very distinguished career in the print media. He's also he was very had a very good career in the radio business. You know, was on a lot of radio shows there in Chicago. So. He's very trusted throughout the National Football League for a lot of reasons. And now he's one of the premier writers for The Athletic. And those kind of guys, you don't last that long in that profession, just like you don't last long in the National Football League as a coach if you don't know what you're doing and you don't garner the respect year after year after year, and you're able to build up contacts and relationships that matter. Dan Pompey is is a guy that people in this league immensely trust, immensely. And, you know, I was very fortunate to, that he and I kind of came up together there with the Bears. We became very, very good friends, and we've been, you know, he's covered me, you know, wherever I've been. And so he's, he's you know, he's been in my house quite a bit. I mean, you know, whenever he'd come in to cover a team, I'd always have him over to the house. And he's he's one of those guys that you just, you know and you trust, but you also respect what he does. 
And uh, the trust that he engendered with the coaches and the players, I think, is demonstrated. He did a, a very, very poignant article on Steve McMichael, who is, you know, who is suffering with with a- ALS up there with the Bears. And 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 if if our listeners get a chance, just go to the Athletic and read Dan Pompey's article about Steve McMichael. And he went up there to visit him. He's got a son that's in school here, not Vanderbilt. So I see Dan quite a bit, you know, when, when he comes to town. But he was able to just, just you can tell how close he was, but also how heartfelt he is to the players and what they meant to the league. And he's a guy that that people in all levels of this league trust. And I think that our listeners will find out from our conversation with him. You can tell when somebody's talking if they're genuine. And and Dan Pompey has been one of these guys that has, has persevered throughout his career in the National Football League because he is not only so trustworthy, but he is genuine. What can reporters do when they are in those close circles with players or with coaches to earn that respect and earn that trust because so few are able to really get themselves in a position like Dan Pompey where he is just so universally trusted and respected. You don't betray a trust. If you've got somebody that's willing to tell you things, you don't betray the trust when they ask you, this is for you and this is what you know, I would like to be out there and this but this this would be detrimental to other people so many so many of these reporters nowadays especially the young ones that are into the hot clicks and the hot takes and that are, are are just wanting to be the first one with the news regardless of whether it's damaging or not to the people and regardless of what happens once they put it out there cuz once they put it out there then it's done it's out there in the it's out there in the ethernet and it's 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 all out there and they don't really think about the repercussions that it can have dan pompey was one of those reporters that really understood not only the immediate effect that his articles could have but what they could could have in the future not only on his subject but on on people surrounding it so you trusted him and 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 he's he's garnered that trust as i say as a coach or as a player in the National Football League, and as a reporter for the National Football League, you don't last a long time if people don't trust you, because sooner or later, they won't talk to you, and and that's just that's just the way it is. So you know, as long as I've been in this league, I've learned to navigate. I know the people I can trust, and so most of all of these people that we've had on this series that we've had, I trust them, and they trust me because. You go through it, and you're able to weed out the ones that are not trustworthy, and you're able to weed out the ones that are only in it for themselves. Dan Pompey has never written an article just for himself. He wrote it not only for the subject, but he wrote it also for his audience that he knew wanted to understand, not just on a hot take or not just on something that was going to be like TMZ that put something out there that you you look at that's sensationalized and then gone within 24 hours. He's legitimate, and he's got some depth to what he does. Those are the people that last. Well, and he's a Chicago guy, but he has covered over the years a tremendous amount of national stories and really has done some in-depth articles and features, and he is able to capture more than just the hot take or the big headline. He's able to go deeper within a story. That's a skill set. That's a rare trait. Yeah, and it, it develops over time. I mean, you can't manufacture experience and you can't manufacture trust and you have to earn all of those things. And, and he's done that. And that's why I'm so excited that we were able to talk with him when we were in Indianapolis at the Combine. And when I approached him about it, he said, oh, absolutely, Mac, I would love to do that. And so that's why I was really happy that we were able to do this. Well, so let's not beat around the bush. Here is our conversation with Dan Pompey. 
Coach Mac, this one's a great one. Dan Pompey is here with us on the Titans Avian Coach Mac podcast. Dan, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me and Coach Mac. My pleasure. You know, I, I sometimes get a little confused about where I'm going, but uh, <laughs> once I get there, I promise to do my best. Well, Dan, you, know, you and I have known each other since 1986. When I started with the Bears, you were with the, the Chicago Sun-Times. You covered all of those great years, which I call was football Camelot, you know, there with the, we're there in the, in the Ditka years. And we not only, you know, had a professional relationship, but we became good personal friends. And I've valued that friendship for quite a while. I mean, your son now is going to school at Vanderbilt, which is absolutely fabulous. But you've got so much in you as far as now, now you're a, a very, very prominent writer for The Athletic. But I'd like to take us all back to the bear days a little bit to begin with. Kind of your view on it, Dan, because you were a young reporter then with the Sun-Times starting. Kind of give us from your perspective as to how, because people ask me a lot of the time, Coach Mack, how was that being there? And I said it was football Camelot. I said it was yeah. just it was a moment in time where you will never capture again, but it was so special. Let me hear from your perspective, Dan, and for our listeners. Yeah, that's a great description, football Camelot. I'd like to f- start out by saying, too, how Coach Mack has always been one of my favorite people in the business and what a privilege it's been to know you for close to 40 years and be able to see your progression through the NFL as, as a coach and now, obviously, as a broadcasting guru, so uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, uh, I, I always treasure the times that we could we could spend together. To answer your question, you know, I think that team was just the perfect combination of, you know, great coaching, great talent, great desire, great personalities, and kind of came along at a point in time when some of the new media was just kind of starting to explode or, you know, ESPN and sports talk radio and some of those things. And there was more of a a light shined on them. And unlike a lot of teams that are successful, this team kind of embraced the spotlight and was willing to share itself, you know, almost completely with, you know, whoever was looking at them and talking about them, you know, whatever they said or whatever they acted out, they were able to back it up on the field. Obviously, they've got three Hall of Famers on defense and hoping to get another one in Steve McMichael, a guy I just visited with this week and, of course, is suffering from ALS. And then they had the great Walter Payton, the great Jim Cover, two more Hall of Famers. And the coach had coach Mike Ditka was a Hall of Famer. And, you know, it was just really a special team. Dan, how was it from your – I mean, I know how it was for me. I mean, I was – first of all, I was – we only had eight coaches on the staff. I was by far the youngest. And all of a sudden, I'm there with the Super Bowl Shuffle Bears, and I know how I felt. And it was sometimes you, you really didn't grasp the reality of what we were experiencing. How was it covering it as a, as, as a young journalist? Yeah, I, I always say, you know, that was so – so the first team that I was assigned to in the NFL to cover was the Bears in 1985. So wow. um, I, I always say it's been all downhill since then, you know, <laughs> because you, you couldn't possibly top that or come close to even matching it. And one of the things during the Super Bowl week was, you know, we sent like 20 people or something to New Orleans and they assigned everybody different articles to write, different feature stories, except me. 
So I was the new guy. So they were going to say, you're just you're just going to react or respond to whatever happens with news. And they probably thought there was wasn't going to be any news. Well, as it turns out, there was, you know, crazy news every day with Jim McMahon mooning helicopters and calling <laughs> the women of New Orleans names. And, and I ended up on the, the front page of the Sun-Times yes. uh, every day, A1 story. And, you know, I, I still have the clippings that my mom gave me, my late mother, where she, she clipped out the, you know, the front page of the Sun-Times and she wrote on there, look, Dan, you made it. <laughs> so I, I kind of felt like, you know, the, the, the bears of that era, their ascension lifted a lot of people and lifted me too. You know what? And that's so true. And I'm so glad you said that. And, and the people that don't know, there are members of that team that are still living in Chicago and making a living off of being a bear. And that's yeah, how big it was. And look, Dan, how many radio shows do we have? We had 12, 12 players and coaches at the time that had their own individual radio shows. We had five that had television shows. It was something I don't think like it had ever been seen before. And to be able to be involved with it, and you talk about lifting, it gave me a tremendous start. Think about the start that I had. The first year I was there, we go 14-2. and two. I'm a brand-new coach in the league, and all of a sudden I'm going all across the country lecturing on linebacker play, and I don't know anything. You know, but, but, you know, so, and my question was, they'd ask me how, you know, what, what's the secret? And I said, have Mike Singletary, have Otis Wilson, have Wilbur Marshall. <laughs> and so I think all of us that, that came in that time, it was a very, 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 very special time. And you have gone on to be a prominent uh, NFL journalist, prominent. And, and now with The Athletic, talk to us a little bit about your role with The Athletic, which I think is a fabulous, fabulous publication. Yeah, thank you. It is a, a great place to work, and we've got some really interesting leadership, good leadership. Dan, stop Stop a minute. I remember the first time, the first year, you guys had a, had a, had a gathering here with the new writers they brought in, the first inception, and you invited me to it. So I went in, and I wanted to see, and the two young guys that were starting it, you remember they stood in the middle of the room, and they, and they gave their vision statement for what it was going to be and saying, we don't know how this is going to work, but this is our vision of it. And now they sold it for what? $550 million. God bless them. It's pretty good. And they, they had another little get-together last night. Of course, it was for full-time employees only because of COVID. But that, that same one of the founders who, who was at that party you were at yes. was there last night. Just like a few years ago, except this time he's got a little bit more expensive sports coat on. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what now is your role there? Talk to us about that. So mostly what I do is write long feature stories about people in the NFL. I still do a little Bears, a little Bears commentary because that's always kind of been my wheelhouse. But the thing that I really enjoy doing is these uh, kind of deep dives on different personalities and, you know, telling their stories, their struggles, their redemptions, whatever. You know, I was fortunate enough to do a few stories on some Titans this year. I did a story with Mike Vrabel. I did a story with uh, Harold Landry. and I did one with A.J. Brown. It was really good to get to know all of those people and, and to uh, be able to tell the world kind of what these people are all about, what makes them tick. I understand that, you know, some have said that you reached the pinnacle of your career in 1985. However, there has been a lot of football that has happened since that time. What are some of your favorite stories that you have covered throughout your career in the National Football League? Wow, that's a big question. I have to really give that some thought. 
I we think got, um, we got time. You got time? <laughs> it's a podcast. We can go as long as we need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly I was able to do a lot of work on, you know, the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady Patriots and just everything that they were able to accomplish in their in their dynasty. You know, that was that was pretty pretty special to to witness that up close and see how they did things. Uh, I was actually a, a pool reporter at the Super Bowl for three of their Super Bowl appearances. So I was able to go out to their Super Bowl practices every week and see that. And that was pretty cool. I wrote a book with Doug Peterson after Doug won his Super Bowl in 2018 with the Eagles. And that was a pretty uh, special thing to try to get inside the, the head of a of a guy who really, you know, did something that no one expected him or his team to do and to kind of see what that mindset was. But, you know, and the, the other thing I would just say this, you know, probably what overrides everything is the relationships and being to able to meet and know all the people that I've been able to meet and know. And, and I know, you know, that's a big deal with Coach Mack, too, that you're a big relationship guy. And that's really the foundation of everything. Well, Dan, and, and to me, I think I, I would be remiss, and I want to bring this up now because you and I have talked about this before. You've been instrumental in, 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 in being a presenter for some of the guys you mentioned of the Bears going into the Hall of Fame, very worthy. There's another guy that you and I both know that is right now, as you say, is in, you know, is in, a, is in a real health struggle, but at the time was a, was a premier player but that got overshadowed a little bit just because of the great players we had on those teams. Talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are and your plan as far as at least trying to get Steve McMichael presented for induction. He's one of those guys, as you said, you know, was kind of just lost in the shuffle in terms of being on, on that great team with those other great defensive players. And, you know, he was a guy who, you know, as much or more than anybody, always did exactly what he was supposed to do and sacrificed himself so others could make the plays. All that being said, though, he still ended up with 95 career sacks, which is an incredible number for an interior defensive lineman. And to put it in, perspective a little bit. You know, they recently uh, looked at every sack going back to 1960, even though the statistic really didn't become official until 1982. And I look, I counted up all the pure defensive tackles who were ahead of him on that sack list. And there, there's only seven of them. And all but two of them are in the Hall of Fame. Wow. One of them's Aaron Donald. One of them's Aaron Donald, who's going to be a first ballot guy. And the other guy is Jethro Pugh, who had one and a half more sacks than, than Steve. So, you know, I think if you could get people to look at some of these things. I talked with Mike Giddings, who, as you know, runs a uh, pro scouting service. And I asked him, you know, how did he do with your ratings year to year? And he said, well, in eight of the nine seasons at the peak of his career, he was a blue, which <laughs> is the highest color that you can be graded by an NFL scout. And there was another year when he was what is called a blue box, which is essentially like an A minus. So you're talking about a guy who was consistently excellent over a long period of time. And I think those things should help his case, certainly at least get, get hurt. You know what, Dan, I can substantiate that because of course I was on all those staffs and we had production charts that we put up every week. And those players really paid attention to that because it was a point of pride with that defense, not only production on the field, but also 
competition with one another and the production charts and and you know we had we had various uh, a point system that we gave out for tackles tackles for loss sacks quarterback hits pass breakups fumbles fumble recoveries touchdowns all of those things and spread it out throughout all the positions and Steve McMichael every week was always at the top of those boards I'm glad you mentioned Mike Giddings Amy and I are going to have him on this podcast I will bring that up with him also because Giddings was really one of the guys that started a lot of this analytic stuff way back before people even knew what that word meant but Steve McMichael as a consummate football player was one of the best I've ever been around one of the smartest defensive tackles I've ever been involved with I'm so glad you are doing this and God bless him you know for the health struggles that he's going through right now but I wanted to be able to bring that up you know so that people would know the name if they don't know it he's a very very deserving person at least to be discussed yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of deserving people for the Hall of Fame who, who haven't been discussed. And, you know, it, it's difficult to break through when you're in that senior group. We've never discussed him as a Hall of Famer. He's never been a guy who's been in the room when he was a modern era candidate. And uh, it really is a shame that his case has not even been heard. Well, Dan Pompey, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, chat with us a little bit. It was great hearing all of the all of the Chicago Bears stories from from the glory days, the Camelot days. Absolutely, Dan. Look forward to seeing you in Nashville. You've got a son at Vanderbilt, and so look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. Coach Mack, these relationships that you have been able to cultivate over your years in the National Football League are also unique. And it's interesting to me that you have been able to form friendships with people beyond just other coaches in the league or coaches or players. Because really, working in the National Football League means working with all of the people who touch it in some capacity. I respect the league. And I respected the opportunity to be in the league. And then once I was in it and then, you know, was able to be in more and more, you're able to understand really what it means and really the, the, the people that are real in it. The thing that happens to when you've been in it as long as I have is you're also able to be able to mentor younger people coming in and kind of help them, you know, with the pitfalls saying, you know, it's not so important to try to immediately be looking for the next job when you have a job. It's not so important to be able to see how many rungs of the ladder you can step over regardless of what happens to people when you're when you're moving like that. I can tell them from experience how it worked for me and how it's worked for 36 years. And and that's what a damn Pompey can do, you know, and he's able to do that, but he also is able to, and I think, you know, I would like for our listeners, go to The Athletic, get Dan Pompey, read the Steve McMichael article, because what he does, he does it to a depth that, that touches something other than just the immediate hot take. But in this, this is a people business. We've said a lot before how small this circle of people really is. And you find out really quick who the real people are and who they aren't, regardless of their age. Age has nothing to do with being able to understand what's going on. Right. And this is a series full of people who understand what's going on in the National Football League. And I'm so happy that we were able to add Dan Pompey to that mix. I think that he's a very well-respected man, an incredible writer, and his contributions to the media space surrounding the NFL 
are irreplaceable. Yeah, well, you can't manufacture experience, right? No. That's a Coach Mackism that is true. Is that a Coach Mackism? Yeah, it kind of is. Oh, okay. I I was thinking more like Ford over Rooster. That one's a little bit more benign. Well, that's, that's that's in a different context. Yeah. Coach Mack has a wider range of <laughs> areas that he touches. Of knowledge. Yeah, areas that I touch. I'll go all the way from I'll go all the way from roosters to riders. Roosters to riders. Coach Mack knows a little bit about everything. I love it. Mac, this has been a great series. People you need to know in the NFL. I hope that people have enjoyed it as much as we have. And there's just so much NFL to talk about at all times. Always. There's always something going on. So, Mac, this has been a real delight. It's great to see you as always. For Dan Pompey and Coach Mac, I'm Amy Wells saying thanks for listening to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast. Mm-hmm.